Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. So Wednesday, I picked up my seven-year-old from her last day of first grade, and on the way home, I asked her how her day went, and she said, it was good, but I cried. She said, oh, sweetie, right? It's, it's okay, it's completely normal to be sad on the last day of school, and she said, I know. My teacher cried too, right? Transitions, changes, big moments, the beginning of new seasons that, that carry with them the weight of something ending. Mixed emotions, joys and concerns. In the youth group, we said happies and crappies. Right? Celebration, grief. Do we have any teachers with us this morning? Yeah, one, two, three, yeah. I know we have at least one teacher retiring this year, and I know there's a couple other in the church. Thank you, first, for all you did this past year for our kids. That's big, it's change. Our resident fire chief is retiring this week, and so if you see Steve Washer, congratulate him. That's huge. It's changed, it's big moments. Moments in life where, where it feels like everything changes, like a high school graduation. Everything feels different on the other side. You no longer have a locker to put your stuff in. You no longer have the same teammates to train with, the same halls to walk down, the, the same windows to sit by. You might have known this moment was coming, and yet when it happens, you're not 100% sure what to do with it. You're not completely sure how you're supposed to feel about it all. Moving, starting a new job, a new season of life, joining a new church, a new school, a, a new team, adjusting to a new schedule, like having your kids at home all day, every day. <laughs> Getting married, even. I'll tell you, for the first year of our marriage, my wife Julia would get sad and cry, even, every time we pulled out of the driveway of her parents' house. And every time we left her childhood home after visiting. The first couple times, I took it a little personally. It's like, I'm not that hard to live with. But that wasn't it, right? There are just some moments. We said some transitions, some beginnings that just carry with them endings. And it's okay if there's a little sadness mixed in with the celebration, a little blah in the buzz. Not crazy, just human, that's it. Today's reading is a pretty big moment. I think it's something the disciples likely knew was going to happen in one way or another, and yet you can never be fully prepared for the, the mix of emotions that come with moments like these. It's, a, it's like a cosmic last day of school for the disciples. It's a day they'll never forget, one that changed everything for them. 
You know, see, for the past couple weeks, we've been reading stories of Jesus appearing to his disciples, you know, ever since Easter. I don't know about you, but I've never experienced one of those appearances of Jesus, right? He's never joined me on a road trip or showed up in a locked room, but I don't take it personally because we're going to read today those appearances. They only, they only took place for a short period of time. Those 40 days after Easter, Jesus ascended, returned to heaven, to the infinite, to God. Now, some of you have had the privilege of touring the Holy Land and many of its religious sites, and I wonder if any of you have, have been able to visit the Chapel of the Ascension. Anyone? I know there's a lot of little spots I've not been to that part of the world, but I long to visit someday. And you can see it on the front of your bulletin if you've been wondering what those pictures were. So just outside Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives, there's a small chapel that claims to be constructed on the exact spot where Jesus last stood on earth. In fact, in the second picture below it, you can see how they've even marked off a small section of stone that they claim those impressions found are Jesus' final footprints. It's interesting. (laughs) I've got to tell you, I I think it's ironic that the visitors to the site of the ascension end up standing in a, a small stone chapel staring at the ground. looking at their feet. Regardless, it's a sacred space. It's a special site where most definitely something happened. You see, Jesus departing earth makes a huge shift in the Bible, in the life of his disciples and in the church. Moving forward, Jesus isn't the main character anymore, at least not in a physical sense. It's our attention. It shifts from Jesus to the church and the spread of this movement. And so, if you'll join me, this morning we turn a page. We open up a new book in the Bible and we read from Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to the heavens after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time gonna restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid hid him from their sight. 
They were looking intently up at the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in dazzling, dressed in white, stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking at the sky? The same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's a wild scene. Can you, can you put yourself in their shoes? And not just the visual of Jesus disappearing behind a cloud like a runaway helium balloon. Can you, can you, can you feel the mixed feelings they might be having? Three years ago, you dropped everything, like everything, to follow Jesus around a countryside. Some moments were super normal, others a little odd, like hosting dinner parties with tax collectors, little people, prostitutes, hanging out with the sick and the hungry. And still other moments, like Jesus calming a storm, walking on water, feeding the 5,000, raising Lazarus from the dead. It's been the craziest three years of your life, for sure, and then it was all over. Jesus was taken from you, crucified, killed by the leaders of your very own religion or the pastors you grew up listening to. You spent three days hiding, locked in a room together. And then you begin hearing, hearing words that the tomb's empty, followed by rumors that people have, have seen him. And before you know it, he, Jesus, is standing in the room with you and continues to to pop in to visit for the next month and a half until one day he leads you up a mountainside, tells you that the spirit's on its way and then ascends into the sky, hidden hidden from your sight by a cloud. Can you you feel that moment? Something that is both like awe-inspiring and powerful, well, at the same time, something sad lonely, frightening. You're on your own now. The disciples, they want to celebrate their friend's return to God, all the while knowing it's a bittersweet goodbye. It's like a massive graduation of sorts. Up until this moment, they were known as the disciples, which simply means a student. But from this moment on, they're going to be referred to as apostles from the Greek word apostolos, which which simply means the sent ones. 
in one quick moment. The disciples went from the followers to the ones being followed, from being the listeners to being the ones who are supposed to speak. It's the beginning of a whole new season in their life, and yet to live into it, they have to say goodbye to the the most amazing three years ever. And so what do they do with this big moment? How do they respond in this transition, this mixed bag of emotions? Well, the disciples, they simply stare. They stare at the sky. I don't know if any of them knew what the next step was or how they were supposed to feel about Jesus leaving. All they knew was that everything was about to change and they weren't sure what they felt about this new everything. So they just looked up at the sky and got lost in the clouds. That is until two men dressed in dazzling white, which is typically Bible code for two angels. These angels appear and say, why do you stand there looking at the sky? As I translate it, you gotta get your head out of the clouds. And then after being brought back down to earth, They all returned to Jerusalem. Together they worshiped, prayed, waited for what's next. Who knows how long they would have stood there, just staring at the sky. But I love the fact that they needed a divine reminder to return their gaze to earth, to be present with each other, to keep moving forward together. And if you'll make the the interpretive transition with me, the leap, how often do we find ourselves doing the same thing? How often, uh, when confronted with big moments, beginning and ending, changes, transitions, newness, loss, how often do we find ourselves staring off into the clouds? How often do we find ourselves talking about really big things so as to avoid the real things? How often do we ask ideological questions to avoid human questions? How often do big moments leave us speechless, not knowing quite how to feel and and just staring off into the sky? Or like the visitors, to the chapel of the ascension, how often do we find ourselves staring at our feet when confronted with with beginnings, endings, changes, transitions, graduations, newness, loss? How often do we end up keeping our head down, just turning our gaze inward, shrinking our bubble so as to shield ourselves from how fast the world seems to be moving? When overwhelmed with the immensity of a moment and all the uncertainty that comes with it. How, how often do we withdraw and, and make our world as small as possible? Change is hard. New seasons are hard. Life is hard and emotions get crazy. At times, life would be hard even if Jesus was walking right beside us. Right, even if Jesus was walking the countryside, bringing little children back to life, but left alone, left to our own devices, it can all feel like too much. 
And it makes you want to stare at your feet or stare into the clouds, anything, but taking in all that the world's got going on. And yet, that's exactly where life takes place. That's exactly where it all happens. I think Ascension Sunday it gives us a, a moment to look at the sky, a moment to, to look up into the heavens, maybe even a moment to check out some footprints. But just a moment. For just as the disciples were, we are quickly reminded to, to keep living, keep feeling, praying, quickly reminded to return our gaze back to earth. For the sky is too big and your feet are too small. It's here on earth that the divine drama is playing out. Things will happen in life that will catch us off guard and will change everything moving forward. Maybe a graduation, a celebration, a huge transition. Maybe a moment when it all feels too much, a moment when the worst happens and we don't know what to say or if we should say anything at all. And I think it's okay to stare off into the sky, to turn inwards and shrink our bubble. I think it's okay to escape life for a second. We just can't live there. Eventually we gotta get back to it. Eventually, we have to gather with our friends, spend some time in prayer, tap into the Spirit. Eventually, we got to return our attention to earth and keep living life. Friends, this is just Acts chapter 1. Next week, we're in for a doozy of a story in Acts chapter 2. It's Pentecost, which means two things. One, I have to continue my pastoral commitment to light something on fire every Pentecost. And two, we remember, remember the coming of the Spirit. We remember that when the Spirit's alive and well, when the Spirit's on the move, it's never too much. We're never alone. And so we'll see you next week. Be well. Amen.